everybody. This is Keach Rainwater with the Designated Drummer Podcast. Hope you're having a good week. Um, I'm here at the Band Cave, and I'm talking to a good friend of mine that I've known since the 80s, man. I mean, we go so far back. Dave McAfee. Hey. And uh, Dave, you I've known you since uh, you were in Mason Dixon. Yes, yes, uh, you have. <laughs> Mason Dixon, when I was in Canyon and Mason Dixon, was uh, doing their thing and we were doing our thing. We were almost rivals at the time. That's we were right. like rival bands because uh, that's right. Uh, you know, we were uh, we were like fighting our way up to try and get record deals, and we got record deals, and we had songs on the radio. We were, were from the same area. Oh yeah, we, we were we were doing it, man. We were duking it out, weren't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, healthy rivalry. Yeah. But we, but, you know, it was always good stuff because we would always Canyon. We would always look at Mason Dixon, like man, those guys are good, aren't they, man? Dang it! And then I, from what I hear, you said the Mason oh, Dixon guys are always deal. like, man, look at them. They got the bus and the they're grass. Like, is always greener right man <laughs> yeah. like your bus was always uh clean and shiny and rocking and of course jerry made sure that ours was always clean when we got yeah, there right. but uh you know that thing was we had to one up each other all the Ooh, time or boy yeah and that was the late 80 mid to late 80s I, it's I mean, it certainly was 80, well, 80, 87 okay so yeah 87 through i know i was still there i, I left in late 89 so yeah. it had to be those three years 87 right. 88 89 so i know if you read the description on the podcast it 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 mentions these names like uh uh you played with mason dixon and you've played with uh wade hayes and brian white and then of course toby keith you've yeah. been toby keith's drummer for ever and ever and ever we're yeah, gonna talk about 2000 that. yeah oh my god <laughs> we're dating ourselves man oh my god so long um so yeah um uh, we're going to talk about your beginnings and how you got started as a drummer, as a professional drummer. We're we're both from the same area, Dallas Fort Worth area. Yeah. And uh, so you um, started out there. Uh, you and I are close to the same age, aren't we? Yeah, I just yeah. turned sixty. So since yeah, we already have told yeah, everybody uh, <laughs> that we met in the eighties, exactly we might as well go ahead. So in eighty, did it you graduate there. in eighty one as well? I did. Okay, eighty one. Did. I didn't realize we were exactly, we're right, the, same exactly age. the same. Now, what's your birthday? We'll see if, how close. May twenty fourth. Mine's January twenty fourth. Hey, we got All the twenty fourth right. thing going on. That's nice. Twenty fourth. Right. We, we have to hang more now. I know, right? <laughs> so, um, and I've been wanting to get you on the podcast forever and ever and ever because I know I've known you for a long time, and I know I've known that you've played with Toby and these other great artists and stuff like that and i'm yeah. like, man, i gotta get dave mcafee on here finally reached out to you and finally got you on here so well, yeah man i'm here. happy to be here man I'm it's flattered awesome. um, honored so at 81 we both graduated and were you like me in the in that um you as soon as you graduate i don't know if you went to college or not but as soon as you graduated it was like i want to play in a band yes uh uh yeah to stay true to that answer i always wanted i knew from I, I, from eight years old that I wanted to do this. I wanted to play. I didn't know much about how it worked, obviously, yeah. at eight. But uh, What was that moment when you were eight, that, that epiphany that happened to you, that, that you thought, oh, I want to be a drummer? Well, I, I remember clear as day, uh, we lived, and I'm kind of, uh, I ended up in the Dallas-Fort Worth area when that happened, but I'm kind of a Heinz 57. My dad was military, right, and I'm also a, a from a divorced family so when my family was together he he was moving around and uh we kind of had settled in fort sill oklahoma which is lot in oklahoma right, okay. but fort sill right there i'm sure right. you've played uh and so they were kind of building their forever house there and then it that's when things didn't work out but when we were there uh, I would go with my dad to the, he was the manager of the post exchange. By that time he had been a career, uh, uh Colonel, but wow. by that time he was managing like what they call the AFES stores. Now it was the, right. the PX back then. And we'd go with him sometimes. And it was still very, uh, honorable 
on the post you had you you didn't mess around as kids you were dressed a certain way you know what right, i mean yeah and on on like sunday noon or whatever if or any day at noon at that time if you were driving and and it's two minutes till you pull over because reveille and the flag and all right, that stuff okay. is going to happen i never knew that oh it was it was great that's how we grew up you know it was just a thing you didn't you didn't question it and you certainly believed in it and it yeah. was just honor and Sometimes, depending on what day it was or what the celebration was, the military band or at least a small contingent of it yeah. would be showed up to do something if some, like, say, the base commander was changing or something like right, that. Okay. And they came marching down with all this snap and perfection and pomp and circumstance. And I heard the drums from, you know, marching, like outside drums. Yeah. And uh, I hadn't heard a high school band or anything like that sure. at that time. I just was like, what? is that and it the closer it came the more powerful it was obviously you know it's drums but the sonic mm -hmm. impact that it had sure. uh, the bass drums were so ridiculously well and played tuned. with that kind of swagger yes right? yes yeah. and i mean it was it was so obviously tight and yeah. and and they came marching by by the time they got to me my i had chills my Whoa. my chicken skin was going crazy and then when they went by i was just like uh well, that reinforces it. I already was beating on pots and pans and things, and yeah, as we always, all did, right? always was in trouble in school for the. I'm sorry, that's right. I'm sorry for tapping on the tables and things. But uh, I'm sure I just, we're drummers. I'm we sure do that, that helped. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was my moment, and then after that, it was uh, the incessant. Um, you know, in third grade, they had like a little band program, so you're mm -hmm. going and hey, can I go talk to this guy and and. You know, and then they kind of do your little. It's not you couldn't really call it an audition, but they're like, yeah. "Well, what do you know? Do you do you have any rhythm? Do you so play this back to me?" You know how they do? They tap yeah. something out, and I tap it right back. Wow. I didn't know anything about any rudiments or anything, yeah. but it was like he went, "Okay, well," and next thing you know, you're He's like, in this, "You're not terrible." <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's all you're looking for at that age, right? Like right. you want the spark more than you want them to be any good. Yeah, but. Uh, the year had already started, if I remember correctly. So I'm yeah. kind of like the the late kid going, "Hey, can I join?" And you know, he's probably <laughs> going, "I already got everybody." Right. Yeah. And uh, thankfully, he went, "No, yeah, you come on. You know, be here at this time. We'll fix your schedule, your little your little third grade schedule or whatever it was." Yeah. And and then it's like, now go home and tell your mom you need to go. You need this practice pad. You need these sticks. And and it kind of went from there, you know. So and did you go home that day and go, mom? I, I, I probably <laughs> I ran would just home. Dying if I, I, if I did. And you know, this sounds so geeky, but Hey, that's what we do. I, I remember how the practice, pad, the practice pad, it was a, it was an angled piece of wood, you know, yeah, back in the day right. with a, with some kind of responsive rubber yeah. glued to it. And it bounced really, really. And good. I remember how it smelled. Is that oh, nuts? Right. Totally. Is that ridiculous? Yeah, I, totally. I, and I was like. It's got that new pad smell. Yeah, that the new, new pad smell, new man. Smell. And if my mom had let me out of slip with the dang thing, it oh, was wow. that, That's great. Was that ate up at that moment. And then I'm sure as. As I'm, I'm, I'm a parent now, so I'm sure they were just waiting for me to grow out of it. Like, oh, yeah. okay, this will pass. Oh, it'll, yeah. And like you and They'll I both end up know, in the closet. it doesn't pass. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't. No, there's. No. A, it just gets not worse and worse. It gets better and better. It yeah. gets more and more. Like, okay, now how can I make a living? Now how, uh, you know, do I, you know, do this like get famous or whatever? Yeah. How does it connect to yeah. anything, right? And then it, it sort of changed my whole. Uh, angle of school because yeah. you know you're going to school because you have to because yeah. your parents say you have to go to school or whatever and then all of a sudden you go hey I can, this is in school and the guys that are doing that in school seem happy enough you know yeah. and so uh and right when I was getting sort of 
hooked in and then seemed like that teacher was very caring at that time in the third grade and and my mom decided we were going to move and we moved to california from Lawton, oh, oklahoma wow. wow okay and again not not we just moved when she felt like it you know yeah. it was the middle of the school year oh my goodness so you know how how lost you feel like you don't know anybody and mm-hmm. you, they already have their band you're the new guy on. that just showed up middle new mid-term. guy with the accent <laughs> <All right. laughs> and uh you know, I mean, I, I kind of just went, well, I, you know, I didn't pick to do this. I, I, I don't remember being super moody or depressed. It was just like, well, here we are. Mm-hmm. And uh, we didn't really realize the ramifications. You know, I, I, I didn't know yeah. how long we were going to be there or anything like that. Yeah. But, but same like deal. Like a karate kid, you know, he just yeah, gets there yeah, in California. Yeah, very, very similar. And, <laughs> and all we kind of did was once we plugged in, uh, I just remember all the teachers being real welcoming and especially and that guy I remember his name was Martin Handelman and he was the band guy and I got there lucky enough their, their year had already started but they had this day they had this big octagonal all I remember is like it was the most carpeted room I think I'd ever been in in my life our okay. schools were kind of you know wow. not that great and this thing was brand new and I walked in there and I was like everything this whole school smells brand new this is crazy and they had every band instrument set up wow. and they just let the kids Go, you you pick up a trumpet, and then the guy would hand you a new mouthpiece or clean something out, and he'd just, hey, see if you can make a sound on that. And there were drums, so obviously I just ran straight over there, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, you know, we were taught to be real polite and all that, so I didn't didn't pick up the sticks and start Mm -hmm. banging until the guy said, well, here you go. Now it's your turn. And again, instantly, I kind of was able to put some kind of a something together, and he goes, okay, so you want to be a drummer? I'm like, yes, sir all right you here's where you come you know yeah. tomorrow that's great and and you know so what how long uh, were you in california doing that we were there about eight years Is that right? um, wow. yeah so i think it was that I, I should have maybe done the math but uh so oklahoma to texas by way of california well, yeah well <laughs> no eight. no there's still a skip there oh, man okay, was, uh, we okay. were some moving around folks it got me ready for the road right sure yeah but no we stayed there probably it was in maybe the eighth year uh the money ran out and my mom was originally from Maslin, Ohio, which is a great little football town, amazing mm-hmm. town. And all her family was back there. We had visited there before, you know. But she thought, man, it'd probably be a good idea if we landed somewhere around some family before, yeah. before this gets any worse. And we motored literally from uh, San Bernardino, California, all the way to Maslin, Ohio. And uh, all of my family there was pretty solid, small town, settled responsible really encouraging her sister she had a big family and a lot had a lot of cousins yeah two of my cousins were and and my aunt there are so many good musicians in that family that were already in the high school band and so you just kind of shut up and looked at what they were doing yeah once again swear to god uh as soon as i meet the music teacher they're the most welcoming come on you know come on in here check this out and and it, it really seems, looking back from now, it just seems like every step of it, I didn't meet that opposition where people go, oh, no, you're too late. You're, uh, you're, it's not yeah. the beginning of the year. You know, I had I the total opposite. When I got in band, it was like, we have too many drummers, pick another instrument. Right? So yeah, I chose trumpet as my backup. And then from then on, I never could even go into a practice room to, to play the drums and to, to hang out with the drummers. They were like, you're not a drummer. You oh. get, out of, get out of the practice room. Don't touch those drums. The, oh, you didn't have the club card. The polar opposite. You know? <laughs> it's just so, but now, now <laughs> think of all the guys that remember that they wouldn't let you in there i know right they're like hey well, that was that guy who used to hang That's around that here guy, man we kept chasing him out <laughs> i hate that you know because 
I, I do. You do hear that talking to a lot of kids. You know, they're just. I don't know what that kind of opposition is about, and yeah. and sometimes it's just kids are being afraid kids. that the kids are going to stab one of the drum heads or something like that. Yeah, or, or, right. or break them or something. And I'm thinking, know. hey, well, let's teach them how not to do that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, let's not run them off I'll before we meet them. Hey, let them. You know. Anyway, I know. So, so yeah. You, how long were you in Ohio then? Man, then I was in Ohio from I think I got there in seventh grade, and. Uh, so by then you were probably playing the yes. kit. Yes, uh, trying. Kit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you, the kit thing started the because I didn't have a kit, mm-hmm. and I didn't really have any access to it. And I, thank God I was learning a little bit, probably just more rudimentary than anything else in California. Yeah. And then when we got to Maslin, it was way more old school. And and, and even in the, the educational part of the rest of the classes, like I, I the book that I had for geometry – later when I got to be like in ninth grade I get my geometry book and I'm like I've already done this and they're like no you haven't you're just you're just an idiot and and we had to buy our books in California so I brought the thing and the teacher was like this is the same book she goes when did you have this I'm like two years ago oh my goodness so you know it was it was funny how how regions could be that different and now it's not that way like I think when we left California education system had such a surplus and now it's not that way because they grew anyway we get there and and the band director there my my cousin was the band marching band president of the high school at that time she had a drum set in her room her mother had been a fantastic drummer back when the Cleveland Browns in the 40s when they actually had a marching band I had this amazing picture of her dressed more like a, what they used to call a majorette but mm-hmm. playing the fire out of this kick drum wow and their family the rhythm and the encouragement and all the stuff that that, that family puts out and my aunt's still alive she's in her 90s now and she's just the but at that time you couldn't have been in a better place no and no a, that's what better I, family that's group. literally the truth yeah. i mean you talk about falling out of the tree and landing on the mattress or whatever <laughs> right and 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 my cousin was just she she was going to be a teacher that was her drive like mm-hmm. she was a fantastic player she had the best left hand you see her play jazz the first thing that occurred to me was maybe i should find something else to do you know <laughs> she was that good she was and is wow. and did she let you play her drum kit she absolutely did wow. and that, that's literally like you said when did the kit come we go up to her room and there's this to me what was the most amazing drum set i'd ever seen is it was a five piece it was either a ludwig or a camco uh orange sparkle you know back when yeah. it was a little hard to tell and I don't, i'm not the biggest yeah. drum geek i don't know yeah uh but it had the slotted mounts you know yeah and and it was tuned up pretty decent and she goes go ahead sit down and you know she played a little bit and and then i was like no, maybe I should come back later. <laughs> and I sat down and, and I kind of just did the boom, tick, 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 you know, and yeah. I was like, I did not know how to do the hi-hat. So I just left my foot closed. Right, yeah, right. And then they start going, no, hey, hey, do that again. Or you can do, you know, now do this like, and I was just doing it. I couldn't, the minute I tried to open the hat or do anything with the left foot moving, it, it you. I yeah. fell off the seat, you know, it was terrible. Wow. But, but she literally goes, yeah, you should be, you should stay on this path and whatever I can do to help. Which she kept that promise forever. Wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? She was a great. So supportive. Yes, yes. I, I could not have had more. What about your mom at the time? Was your mom as supportive as, as your cousin? Yeah, man, you, very intuitive question. Mm-hmm. My mom was a little nervous <laughs> <laughs> in those days, man. My mom was a spirited woman, right. let's say. 
and uh, she she kind of was the fly off the handle mom, and and mm-hmm. she she said most of her sentences loudly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to be kind. I've grown up a lot. She she had a lot to deal with me, and my brother, and the dynamics of what was going on in our life. The divorce was not fun anytime, yeah, is it? Right. But it but it wasn't good there, and and so she was the mom that would tell the when the teacher was going, hey, your son, your son's got something here. We, we recommend you encourage it. He should, you should. And she would be like, whoo, yeah, sounds great. Oh, I love it. I'm, you know, he's such a great. And then you get home and it would be like, drums. <laughs> you know? Oh, she had a different tone. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. She would tell him, he'd say, I want him to practice this piece. First, it was just a snare. Practice this for an hour. These three lessons are, you know how it used yeah, to be. Right. And, and then 15 minutes in, she couldn't take it anymore, you know, and it's yeah. fair. You understand that. I got on her nerves. And- Eventually, try to keep it condensed. My cousin let me have that kit that I played on. Really? She, she right? was like, okay, I've been oh. thinking about getting a new one. Once you take this, put it in your basement. God, and that, I bet you were over the moon excited. Oh. Your first kit. I still feel it. Kit. Yeah. I still oh, feel yeah. it right now. And it was, it, it was beat up some, but she took care of it. It didn't really, yeah. she didn't travel with it or anything. And. And so I got it downstairs, and, you know, there was no – it's comical. There was no headphones. There was no YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, <laughs> we had this stupid little portable stereo where the speakers hooked onto the side so you could carry it. Okay, yeah, right. And then I took them off the side. I hung them from the – you could see the floorboard, the uh, eaves or whatever. Uh, you you hung them like headphones? <laughs> I did, right about, you know. And, That's great. And then I had my little record player over here, and I, I had Chicago 7 and course, whatever records yeah, that I inherited from my sister. My right. sister was 16 years older, and my brother was 18 years older. So, so this they, would have been about if – you, if you're the same age as me, so this would have been like the late 70s, 77, 78, Yeah, 76. probably 79. Going yeah. into high school was – well, yeah, like like uh, you're, we're talking about, yeah, 70s, mm-hmm. 76, 77. Yeah. And uh, – yeah, yeah, just yeah. just picking Boston out whatever was, records. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. And and the thing is, you know, our family was kind of not, I mean, there were no Kiss records in the house. You know okay, what I mean? Yeah, it was so just that kind of deal. So you just, yeah. yeah, you just inherited what happened to be laying around. And and they didn't know what it was or wasn't, but but my what my sister liked yeah. when she was in high school was 16 years old by yeah. the time I got to the box. So if, if I remember right, you would always hear the best stuff at somebody else's house when you went oh, to go you nailed friends, that like oh my god this kiss record is amazing oh uh, in fact uh we, that's why we started leaving the house more you know my friends were they were yeah. listening to fog hat and nazareth and, wow. and kiss a who's lot, this guy and, richard pryor Pry- oh my Pryor's gosh right Pryor. richard pryor wow yeah and the first time <laughs> i ever heard of anything like monty python or, oh, or right. richard pryor or anything that that had a cuss word in uh-huh, it right was at the first it was funny. I would go. I want. I want more drum lessons. It'd be great if I could have drum lessons. So my mom signs me up for guitar lessons. I don't. I don't know what part of the sentence I got wrong. She just did not wrong. want you playing drums, man. I think. I really think now, trying to be empathetic and adult about it, I think she was going. That'd be quieter. <laughs> and, and right? Wouldn't she be? I mean. Yeah. Uh, Listening to a kid learn how to play drum kit is the tennis yeah. shoes in the dryer thing. Here's for sure. a harmonica. Go practice. Yeah, that yeah. And and can you put a pillow over your face while you do it? You know. And and so yeah, that was. Uh, and she, the guitar that I got for Christmas that year was a big old, just a. It was a Gibson, but it was not any no nothing you wish you had now. Oh, and right, there yeah. had been a tornado <laughs> at some point, and the wow. th- the neck had broken, and they'd reglued it. 
so you know the first thing you learn is how to tune yeah. and i knew then i like something this is in tune the g's in tune down here but not up here so it was yeah. running me off it was not meant to be for you no man uh, and and you know so the universe was handing was throwing <laughs> drums at you and uh, people were trying to hear guitar do anything but drums yeah yeah and, and that was literally kind of the the predecessor to why my cousin got involved she was like here yeah. here take have these take yeah. these and i and and she joan, could see the talent <laughs> joan wenzel i am still she knows i am i am forever grateful for that move joan because, is her name yes yeah. Yeah. thanks joan yeah you yeah. helped produce a great drummer of our time <laughs> joan and her mom and esther they rocked so they, you graduated from high school uh with this drum kit and you thought okay i want to get in a band all right you know did you did you start band. seeking that and going well, auditions? Remember, that's Maslin, Ohio, which is an hour or less away from Cleveland. Loverboy was that, out. Makes that, that rock and roll and, oh, yeah. town. And the good rock bands that were there already had really good drummers with really good kits. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, well, and and one step that I skipped there, my, my band director was such a great guy. I didn't have any plans to go to college. I had decent grades. And he was like, so what are you doing after school? And I was kind of like probably working at the steel mill, maybe getting a band gig here and there. And he goes, let me make a few phone calls. And he he talks to the marching band director, who is also in the music department of Ohio University, and literally just rings a few bells. And next thing you know, I have a scholarship. Really? Is that right? Absolutely. And I was, you know, the days now where like I'm helping my daughter get ready to be a senior in high school now. And it's kind of on you to know what's available to you. You got to look. You got to make sure that you bark up the right trees, yeah, right. keep the grades up. Sure. It just wasn't going on back then like that. You know what yeah, I mean? Right. And so if this guy doesn't step in and do that, mm-hmm. and I, I was like, I didn't. I thought I probably should go to college, but I didn't have any any yeah. plan. Let's say so. He does that. The Ohio University band guests at my high school. Yeah. Uh, and then we play, you know, our thing. And they, I had this crazy solo thing on a on a bass drum, believe it or not. Wow! But I was standing on my head. Oh my god! What? <laughs> I was that guy for a minute. Oh my god! Play. We did a version of Alexander's Ragtime Band, and he was teaching us to be showy, and uh-huh. uh, and I didn't care about things like my spine or, <laughs> you know, I, I wouldn't. I just That's wanted nuts, to man. go forward, and you know, yeah. and we were all crazy back then. So I, I had this deal where I I figured out how to roll the thing over and stop and then just point my feet up and and what are you gonna do what are you gonna do a bass drum solo so i just played what i thought was the melody yeah you know what yeah. i mean and i just made it a bunch of four stroke roughs and whatever right, yeah. i could pound on out. your head but and then head. and then a couple of my buddies when it was over reached over and helped me get up they just rolled me back over and then took the weight off the kick or the the bass drum so That's that really I could cool. stand back up. And that guy, he thought that was the poop. You know what I yeah. mean? So after that, next thing you know, I'm going down to band camp. I'm there. I spent two years there till the scholarship and any money that I could figure yeah. out how to pay. And I and I like you said, that's when I went man i already know guys that are playing mm-hmm. i want to get out and i want to either fall on my face and figure yeah. out that it's not for me and even the guy even the dean uh, guy romanco was a he's taught many millions of amazing players and i think he's i think he's passed on now but yeah. he, he was an amazingly truthful guy yeah. he, he knew the guys that were going to sail in jazz he knew the guys that wanted to go out and just hit it and he encouraged you he was like look 
you have some talent. He goes, you got a lot of work to do, but I know where I, I can see it, man. I know what you're thinking. Yeah. And he was like, you could stay here three more years. You're what you want to do. You're still going to go out, have to go out and audition or whatever, depending mm-hmm. on what city you go to. And so he was wow. like, and that in that day and age, it wasn't cool for somebody at the college to tell you that you probably shouldn't be in college. Oh, right. right. Yeah. Right. right? <laughs> but he kind of did. And I, and I went, yeah, I, I'm, I'm out of here. Yeah. And, you know, your parents are not excited when you do that, but yeah. they weren't excited before. So <laughs> They couldn't, they don't have the fortitude and the, the, the vision that you do because yeah, you know right? you're going to be And I think somebody. that's when you, your dad, that's all he's looking for. He's yeah. like, man, is this guy going to land somewhere? Is he going to spin? Yeah. And I can say that truthfully about my dad. It, you know, it, sometimes as a dad, you got to step back and see, especially mm-hmm. what a little boy is going to do yeah. or a young man. And once he, once he knew it was real, he was, he was yeah. all in, but you know, in those days, he had known some musicians when he was young in his day, and there was heroin and women and yeah. craziness, and you know, uh, and the pitfalls are everywhere, right? Yeah. So right. I think I think as parents, they're just sort of waiting for you to land. Yeah. So how did you how did you roll into like specifically country music? Was it when you went to Dallas, the Dallas area? When you well, decided? yeah, yeah. When I when I when I got out of college, uh, as I mentioned, it was rock and roll yeah. there, right. and. Not that I couldn't have played it, but I didn't, I didn't, you know, the, the established bands there were, mm-hmm. were really good. And then there wasn't really a middle or. Right. I've always told people in rock and roll, the difference between rock and roll and country when you're just a live player, just a player trying to get in a band is was like back in those days, rock and roll, you were every you were huge or you were nothing. I totally like you agree made with zero that. money in the garage or you were on the big stage. There was no in between. At least Whereas where I was, music, that was yeah. certainly the country. Truth, you yeah. could play on the weekends and make a living almost, you know, or you could go full time. And not be a super world-class player just to be in a country band. You're just enough to do the gig and keep a good steady beat and know the songs and show up and that kind of thing. And you could play full-time as we did in the right. Dallas-Fort Worth area. So true, man. Rock and roll was not the same. You had to have a record deal and you had to have all this equipment and lights and all that stuff. Yeah, Whereas country, you could kind of yeah. make a living. So I needed to... I needed my mom had moved when I went to college, you know, so there wasn't yeah. like you couldn't go back home. Right. Yeah. And so I went back where my friends were kind of moved in with a buddy of mine as a roommate, got a job and in a restaurant mm-hmm. and just was like, OK, I got to I got to do something. Uh, I ended up going in their training program and managing. I ended up being the general manager of that goofy place oh, wow. at 20 or 21 years old. Wow. And then they're like, OK, the next step for you here is probably 10 years and you know you know you're you just oh, landed yeah. there but right. you're but i kind of like the idea that you the harder you work the more money you made yeah right I, I dug that yeah and and so i was like okay and my bosses liked me and everything was cool but i was like this is not you know not drumming day to day it's not the what you want to wake up and no do. no and i and i could see the people ahead of me that were all like just nervous wrecks and chain smokers and all of that and i go that's an industry i get it yeah but uh if I'm going to end up being a nervous wreck and a chain smoker, I'd rather be drumming to, yeah, do, to right. get to, to do that to myself. Yeah. So, so I left, and my sister was the one that said, I thought I might go to L.A. or New York. I wasn't, I wasn't aiming for country, but I said, I'm, my dad was still in Oklahoma all this time. Mm-hmm. And she said, stop out there. You guys hook up a little bit and see, see how it goes before you just blow out to somewhere. And I, I don't know what she knew or what, <laughs> but it's like you said a second ago, I'm parked there. Just for a few days, I wasn't sure if I was going to stay or visit. We're talking, mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't want him to talk me out of the music thing, which would have been his job as a dad at that time. Right. And there's an ad in the paper for a needed drummer in a bar, 
And I'm like, they don't have ads in the paper for gigs where I just came from. Yeah. And short story, I go up there. This drummer had just disappeared. Now go he, up to where Dallas? It, no, this is a, this is a lot in Oklahoma. A lot in Oklahoma. Back where my okay, dad gotcha, was. Right. Okay, yeah, this is such a meandering story. I'm sorry about that. Maybe you <laughs> can edit it and it. make it's some really sense out of it. But I go up there, or I call first yeah. and the guy says yeah man we're, we're looking i said well i just got in town i'm not from here i'm originally from here but i've been gone a long time and he says well come by whatever during mm-hmm. the day of this place and uh we'll check you out and so i come by and the the bass player is a young happy guy same age as me at that time mm-hmm. we're in our 21 ish and the singer's established it's his gig you know he's, okay, a, yeah. he's a cowboy hat wearing guy and uh, they had a female singer and they had a keyboard player. Actually, she played keys sometimes, and this other guy played keys and sometimes acoustic or whatever. Yeah. And and they just said, you know, what do you know? And I was kind of like, kind of at a loss because you know, mm-hmm. I'm my I dad played country. <laughs> my dad played country in a car. Oh yeah. But uh, and and I knew music. Like if you yeah. said, you know, play me straight eights or play yeah. me a shuffle or something like that. But uh, but. Rusty just starts throwing out songs. That's the bass player who yeah. we're still friends today. And and they, they you know how they were back in the day. They would do some rock, like they did Eric Clapton Cocaine or whatever. Yeah, right. Or they did Shaky Ground like everybody still does today. And he's going, you, you know these grooves, right? You can just play this. Oh, yeah. So we just started grooving on one of those. Yeah. And instantly they were happy with yeah. how it felt. And then they went, well, do you know George Strait or this or that? And, you know, a lot of the songs I knew from the car, yeah, right? right? But, but man, that was my first experience, as I'm sure you fell on, yeah. too. Country was not the same as anything I had been shedding, right. you know? And, and jazz, you're trying to work on your independence, and you're trying to figure out how to be part of the melody sometimes. This would be, what, the mid-'80s, right? Yes. Right yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, this would be 80, 83 or 84. Yeah, okay. Right. Yep. And so he, Rusty goes, man, I think you're going to get this gig. It paid two fifty a week. You worked five nights. And I was like, seriously? You know, that was, that was decent money then. Yeah. And uh, I had a little bit of money saved from the restaurant thing, but I, I needed to do something pretty soon. And he goes, go to the pawn shop down here and buy. And he just starts writing out this list. Off the top of his head. Of songs? Of records, like records, albums. Yeah. Okay. He's like, you got to have that album. You got to have that. Because, you know, yeah. if you don't know, like, I didn't know. I wasn't a walking library of Haggard songs. And you then. couldn't look it up on YouTube then. No, you could not. Isn't <laughs> YouTube, that funny what's now? That? No, man. And so to his great credit, and we kind of hit it off because I was his yeah. age, you know, and he yeah. said, do get these and listen to them a lot. And then when they decide or whatever, when you come back, at least they'll say, yeah. hey, let's play this, and you'll know it. And then he gave me their set list of what they were kind of doing. Yeah. And I, I took it seriously. It. And then they went, yeah, you're the guy. So how did you end up in the Dallas-Fort Worth area? Well, I played there in this place. That was, that was a little bar on the on the main drag, Bucket of Blood Bar. And they were so nice to me, and I learned. That was the name of the bar? No. But, oh, but okay. I, you know what I mean? That's what it was. It was, it was called the Red Apple Club, but but it was one of those yeah. that your parents would rather not know that you're right. okay. playing in. It was just nobody got killed there while I was there, let's say That's that. Good. You know what That's I mean? Good. It was yeah. one of those. That's where the crying in your beer country music band needed to be, and, and they were yeah. enough that they paid that money. And I was there to learn, so I did. And that's when I went, I'm staying here, and I got me an apartment. And I'm sure my dad's rolling his eyes because, uh, you know, 
I, I, I was also applying to real jobs there yeah, at, right. his, at his request, you know, and he kind of helped me get noticed at the mental hospital there. Mm-hmm. I had enough errant hours as electives of psychology yeah. and stuff like that from college. I got hired there. Oh, okay. And so I'm working a day job in a mental hospital and five nights a week at this bar. Which is kind of like a mental hospital when you think about it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, man. type of therapy, I suppose. Yeah, and I was the that's bare terrible. bones, bottom of the ladder rookie uh, assistant aide, you know, at wow. the mental hospital. So you're, you're, you're learning a lot if you yeah. keep your eyes open. And, and so, you know, that was one of those things. And, and, and were you going on auditions still at this point? No, man, I anything? played that bar until I met a bunch of other guys. You remember how we did it back in the day. Yeah, right. If you were off and somebody else was playing, that's where you went, right? You went to go see another band. You did. Yeah, right. Let's see if they're better or what they're doing different or what. Sometimes it'd be like, oh, man, his whole kid is mic'd. Yeah. You know what I uh, mean? Yeah, and you'd, you'd be, be like, oh, my gosh, yeah. are those 57s? Wow. I remember and, watching. You remember Dave Miller that played with Bill Tillman? Oh, yeah, yeah. Days? Oh, man. Left-handed player playing a right-handed kid. That just blew me away. Boy. And he, I ended up taking less from him like i talked him into teaching me i bet you learned a lot right i did did. those those bands were off the chart to Mm -hmm. me like what i'm talking about wouldn't right now was literally like bare bones fun man i mean dancing Mm -hmm. i learned to watch the dancers they all said watch the dancers if they're smiling if more people are coming to the floor then you're doing your job yeah if if you had a dance floor full of people and they're starting to go away. That ain't our fault. That's yours. Yeah, right. And I'm like, okay. Club owners would look at that. They would look at and that. And this, this band guy yeah. knew that. This singer yeah. was mm-hmm. like, they are here Keep to the dance. Keep the dance floor full. Right? Yeah. Didn't we all learn that? Yeah, I think sure. that's the best thing that the Texas, Played Exile Oklahoma and, and Alabama and all that stuff, would, they would just get out there. All this, and then you'd have to play a, a slow song every once in a while yeah. because they want to they wanna yeah. slow dance together. You know. Yes. And if you didn't have your your tempos and your interpretations right it was up yeah. to the singer to call the right song like if somebody says play us a two-step or a three-step yeah, he had right. to know the difference and then you got to be on it right mm-hmm. and yeah. even then there weren't click tracks there was no click mm-hmm. on any live band stage in those days that i was playing did you have a trick for remembering the tempo i'm gonna see if your your <laughs> trick was the same as mine well, i had a little technique that i that i well, Learned. from my mar- my marching band guy in high school was real fun about getting kids engaged. So he was always the guy saying, look, everybody can have reference timing based on 120, right? Okay, right. Because yeah. it's twice of 60, yeah. which is 1 1,000. And so he was like, if you learn where 120 is and 60 is, and then we do a composition that's at 84. You could kind of chop it up You can at least it dial it. And then yeah. we had 15 minutes to do halftime, and he would make sure that I knew how many – minutes and seconds that was and he goes my idea by the time you get out of here because i was the president of the band kick drum dude right i always call it a kick drum it was a marching hand bass drum yeah (laughs) and uh and his whole deal was before you leave here we're going to figure out how to take the stage you know how much trouble the marching band gets in if you go on late right because football teams are coming out sure so he was like and you know nobody cared but us but he's like we're going to do this you're going to wait minute or you're going to wait 60 seconds while this little presentation happens then you're mm-hmm. going to go here it may not have been 60 but we do our songs we do our downfield we do this thing and by the time the one of the best moments of my life was when we come off to the side after this big long thing we did and you see the clock going like four it's yeah, 14 yeah, yeah. 58 59 15 Boom. and he looks over to me and he points and winks yeah and so right for on. reference timing I, you know and we all have like once you've been playing country for a while at, at the right level, you know that a lot of the ballads are cut relatively at the same tempo as a right, lot of yeah, the, right. you know? Gotcha. So you really learn your channel. What was, what was your crutch or your My, 
I had read somewhere that a quick, just like when you're on stage and you have to go from song to song to song, especially if they're sort of back to back and mm-hmm. you're expected to start a song, you the drummer, start a song and you're supposed to get the tempo relatively close. I learned that if you sang the chorus of the song, the hook of the song, yeah. of the chorus in your head for one little one maybe two seconds sure you could start this you could just think of that and start to start clicking it and it was pretty close to the tempo of what it would be yeah it would certainly keep you from a disaster at least right right, right? i got you that sounds right a song that's like way too fast or you know it, at least it gave you a uh and it's easy to remember the chorus because that's the hook of the song right you know yeah. the lyrics whatever yeah and so uh you know yeah yeah that's man. What, that was my trick <laughs> well it was uh I don't want to infer that from the minute I sat down in Oklahoma that all the dancers were smiling. Right. <laughs> you like, you know, oh, my gosh. It was a great. Did you uh, experience, uh, and of course, this was days before Click, obviously, uh, that, that you would learn a song as a band and then you would like at rehearsal or whatever. And then you start playing it. And then, say, three months down the line, you're still doing the same song and you're playing it. And you go back and listen to the original and you're like, dang, how did they get uh, so fast? The world. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm convinced the world does that. It just I right? think it's out of boredom. Them, or maybe you're trying to put energy into it or something well, yeah. it just seems to get faster and faster and faster i believe you're dead on i think i think there's a uh, part of your job as a live band is to generate the energy that makes the evening yeah. successful whether you're in a little bar or you're on a on a stadium yeah and but i think to the audience when you play a song too fast it's not doing yeah. you're not doing yourself any favors you may think it sounds good up there and you're jamming along but no, for sure. i heard recently uh well you learn as you mature that yeah energy doesn't necessarily come from tempo exactly you know? it can have just as much energy at a perfect slow groove as it can from something up tempo and fast and all that i had heard recently um a youtube video of america doing sister golden here mm-hmm. and it was live you know on stage and i mean they were just cooking through it you yep. know and it didn't sound good I, yeah i remember thinking like boy I, I think we need to give that band a speeding ticket for going <laughs> for going 140 in a 120 zone or whatever well man the the days of youtube and all this being the last however many years um i mean and and you know there's there's i don't want to say politics but there's uh you know unless you're dave weckle or somebody where people are coming to see us drum yeah right you're drumming for the artists right right? and so there's times when artists go look man i know we cut that record at that but here at this point in this show right here i Mm -hmm. want it here like and so if you like a perfect example it's certainly not exempt from that you yeah, know and there's right. times where the energy gets a, gets a hold of you you learn as you grow uh, man i'm not proud of everything that i've ever played <laughs> that's out there you know what i mean you you come off and there's a great night or you think it was and then you look and you go man that was on the pedal right there but <laughs> but if you don't if you don't learn, yeah, and and you especially know, if you record yourself and you go back and listen to it huh, again, you're like, man, what was sure, I thinking? Sure, man, and and sometimes it's a hard because you know you've heard that phrase infected with perfection. I'm not defending yeah. uh, bad time or rush time or anything like that. It's just that you, we all, I think everybody, if you had ten drummers in here, things rush way more than they drag, right? In the of world course. of music, sure. Now there yeah. are there are the drag episodes sometimes, mm-hmm. but but man, where when someone like a singer or guitar player will start a song mm-hmm. and you kind of got to stick with that tempo and then you feel yeah. like you're just being dragged to hell. And then you got to know your artist whether or not you're supposed to fix it in a Pick, couple of yeah, bars exactly, or, or exactly. it needs to stay there. You'll yeah. embarrass them if you yeah. fix it. You know so what I mean? I, I, and just, just for advice for people that may be starting out, I, I would say my 
take on it would be talk about these things before they happen. <laughs> like, just what are the rules? You know? Yes. Okay, if somebody messes up, do we follow their mess up or do we stay with the program and let right. them catch up? Or if it's too, if they start out a different tempo, do we sort of kind of slowly correct it or do we stay with, you know, what's what's your opinion and ask yeah. your band so you don't feel like you're doing the wrong thing, right? That's right. There's There is so much to... Uh, if you're if you're heading trying to head yourself into a drum chair, that's that's going to be in front of any crowd with any regular yeah. any regularity, it's uh, I'm sure you've had lots of people on this podcast say, yeah. man, it's firstly about knowing your material. Yeah. Then it's about being able to plug in and play with other guys, especially the bass player, especially the band leader. Yeah. Um, artists have a busy day like they're they're either doing radio or talking and all that stuff sometimes they need a, a big old cup of black coffee before the show and that what they think is 84 is not you know what <laughs> i mean gotcha, and yeah. so you have to develop that and i i think that being as conscientious as you can be for as yeah. long as you're there once that artist starts to trust you you work those things out, don't you? Yeah, I mean, right, it's like exactly, you, you yeah. know if your band just flew 30 hours and yeah. you guys thought you were going to sleep last night sure. and it didn't happen. So you're back there. You have the job. You have the, the metronome. You mm -hmm. have the click, whatever. Yeah. You know that sometimes, like, if everybody's tired and that song goes at 1.30 mm -hmm. and you hit it and you hear how it's scaring it's, you because you go, that can't, can that be right? That sounds <laughs> Did really I slow. I can't or, believe it. Or really it's fast. Like, or, yeah, you know what I mean? Right. Depending on what, what sure. kind of lack of sleep or craziness. And you've learned how to trust yeah. it and how to fix yourself real quick. But sometimes if you – it's like a baseball bat to the head for guys that don't spend time doing that. Sure, yeah. So – yeah, the psychology yeah. of it is a thing. So I know and for a long time we did Everything's Changed without any click or anything. It was just one of those songs we did. Uh, I can't believe you mentioned that song. I love yeah, that song. Yeah, so we did that for a long time, and it felt great. It was perfect. And then we decided to add video screens and all this and stuff. Mm -hmm. So we decided uh, uh, pretty much every song of the set, because of the video content, needed to have a click, and it needed to follow the grid and all that stuff. Then we, So we started putting a click on everything's changing i remember the nights just this is just recently i remember nights thinking like that can't that can't be right there's got to be a bit rate problem or something it sounds so slow right but and then it you will. go back and listen to the record and it just it's, has that you know that that slow groove you know yep. with the click you know just and then I, i'm sure if i was the audience and they're listening to everything's changed it would sound just like the record yeah and you know the what click. there's there's a lot of i think there's a lot of natural uh if, even if you have a hundred thousand people, most of them are looking to have a good time. There's drummers out there, and there's critics built into everything. Yeah. Um, when we started doing what you're talking about, syncing the video. Yeah. Um, you know, with Toby, Toby Keith and the yeah, line. with yeah. Toby. Yeah, I'm skipping ahead now to uh, this. That's okay, man. And uh, when we started doing that, he he's always been the no click, no click dude. Yeah. He doesn't want to hear it. He doesn't want you using it really. Yeah. Right. And as the band got bigger and Lucky. as the years went the years yeah yeah you you kind of just go uh the the better it gets the more that that can be done well sure you yeah, know what i mean of course and then when it's when it's like there was a there was a minute where there was still a no click rule and yes we're going to sync to video and you have to figure out how to go you, you can't do that yeah <laughs> you right. know we have to figure something out here and unless somebody's back there pushing video cues by hand which right. that's just too expensive that's just well, yeah yeah crazy. And, and you know and you know well as when you come from you you cobble your career together by however you do it the more you know about how the different departments work right yes i know you're a video guy you right. know how mm -hmm. all that stuff works right and so 
and every year that every time I met you on the road, you know, you were always into something new. You were always reading new something. New camera or had a yeah, new yeah, editing man. thing or something. Yeah, right. So, so, and look at you now. It's it's like the more that you fill your head with, yeah, you can be sitting around or sleeping until three o'clock or whatever you do out on the road. It's, on, it's a lot of different things. Yeah. But but when this happened, it was like. Okay, the show's getting bigger every year. The, mm-hmm. the ticket sales are off the chain. He was yeah. the biggest thing for how long, right? And it's like we want to do – all the other bigs are doing it flawlessly. There's videos coming in and out, and it's just so well done. Yeah. And what he dreaded the most, if I can even somewhat speak for him – which I try not to do. <laughs> he didn't want to get boxed in. You know, when you go see some of those shows, it's a flawless thing, but it's yeah. top to bottom how it's going to be mm-hmm. because it's so much built into the production that it may all be on a drive. You know what I mean? There's backing tracks, maybe or maybe not, mm-hmm. but there's syncing and the somebody can't just holler out a song yeah you can't just stop what you're doing and go hey we're gonna do that song right or now. vamp on a song for or yeah miss, talking, yeah, miss the intro I'm better even yeah, better point even yeah no you you are locked yeah once that thing is gone once you've heard the little click in your ear it's it's yeah if you don't come in you better and you skip get the, you get the dreaded okay that didn't work out you hit stop and you just play it willy-nilly oh. until it's over and then you move on to the next song right? yeah yeah and if you're synced to video then mm-hmm. the camera crew either needs to know to go to b-roll mm-hmm. or right. whatever right yeah. Yeah. and so for every song that you are going to do that to you have to have an escape plan yeah exactly right? you got to talk about it you yeah. have to talk about what to do what if something happens oh man yeah, yeah. if you don't plan do we that, follow that or do we just stay with it or do what's the what's the rule here and you that know, goes back rules? to your very first question like yeah. what are the rules yeah. and who's making them and yeah. and ultimately who who's going to be the angriest right yeah at some point it's always good to know well you know, I know this guy, this is not going to go good or this is, but, but if you're lucky enough to be in a situation where you know your artist and you know, he trusts you and you know, he's got your back. There are a few times in your career where you have to make a call in about a 10th of a second. Sure. And you, you know, like you said, you don't want to be sitting there scared. (laughs) You don't want to seem like you don't know what you're doing. Absolutely. Even if that's the truth right then, I don't know what's happening. I don't know. Have you ever had one not fire when it was supposed to sure, and then absolutely then you gave the bail signal and then it fired all the time yes oh exactly God. yeah that's, we had that's a we had a guy recently a tech guy that move on to he's with dan and shay now mm-hmm. but he was with us for a while well he had a wireless bluetooth mouse that he used mm-hmm. and it somehow ended up in a drawer and it didn't get turned off and so <laughs> the very next gigs that we were doing that that cursor was moving around every time we'd hit the bass drum and the pa would rattle <laughs> that cursor would move around and 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 it was like a ghost in the machine nobody could figure out why this stupid mouse we couldn't click stuff we couldn't the it wasn't wasn't working and so it took finally i think our front of house guy kyle our production manager he finally he texted us about three days later and goes i found the problem awesome and it was this bluetooth mouse that our other tech tech guy that had left mm-hmm. that he forgot that he left it on and was sitting in a drawer that nobody knew about and it was oh, just like man. this every time he'd hit the bass drum it would rattle and it would move the the thing around and and it was like start a song stop a song start a song stop a song start a song <laughs> play for a little while stop and then we'll start 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 it was just like oh, the, you had the to worst just... ghost in the machine yeah we and were you going would crazy never guess that until you figure it out and then you then yeah. you're ready for that next so, time this is kind of what it sounded like in my ears just to, to get a further <laughs> laugh out of it so the song tequila talking we have a little computer on our on our when we listen to the click track we have a little computer voice that 
basically says tequila. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it sounds just like that. No. It's not a person. It's a computer. You right. type it in, and it AI. goes tequila. And I think we call that the uh, slate or something like that, which means it's a different channel that we mm-hmm. hear that different than the click. So you can turn that up or down. And then so I was here. I would I would hit the button, and I would hear tequila. One, two, tequila. Tequila. To, oh. to, to kill. And th- I'm playing the song. I mean, we're playing through it. Like, we don't stop. So I hit stop, and then it's t- t- tequila. T- t- tequila. T- tequila. Tequila. One, two, uh. three, tequila. And this went on. So finally, I, c- I couldn't stop it. So the whole time we're playing tequila, talking, singing it, everything, everybody's hearing this this thing, this catastrophe go on in our oh, ears. Oh, man. That kind of stuff happens. You have I know, to and I'm so, I'm so nervous. Like, I'm clenched <laughs> up right now because I'm so empathetic to uh. that. It, you know, man. uh, and, and everybody's and, looking at each other like, "What are you doing?" They're blaming it on you, right? Yeah, they sure. Think you're just hitting the button, the button. or they're or they're <laughs> the last thing they're doing, except for the pros, right? Is you still got to put on that show, yeah, and and you know your singer still got to make sense with that in his mm-hmm. ear, or your your hopefully your monitor guy knows. Look, they can't even stop this, so yeah. I'm going to at least exit. And but you know when you're a large act and you have that many departments sure, going yeah. on uh they're not always looking at they don't know anything's wrong over at the video desk right yeah and depending on if they have the same audio that you have or whatever yeah. and every organization runs that differently uh yeah. for all the pros that are listening right now that are wondering why we're not running that from the drum chair right uh if we don't do like we do two we have th- a switch basically that's we it. do two or we three do, of those yeah. Yeah. things in the show right the most the only audio track that ever enters our show is willie nelson singing the second verse of beer for my horses oh right okay and same story you like, couldn't afford willie nelson right so well you know actually actually they did <laughs> for busy. a while when that song was a big hit willie wow. came out willie with came us out. and willie came out and sang that song That's and amazing. it was the biggest applause when, oh, you know because we'd start the song toby would do the first we're going around on the turnaround and willie nelson comes out oh, and, and you, gonna you're so awesome. never gonna forget that you know yeah and the first time after you've been around him enough the first time willie just turns around and says how are you dave you know, that's wow. all you need. I could have gone that's home cool, that man. day. So I, I'm going to go back a little bit. So you were, yeah, we're, we're going to skip through some of these because we're yeah. running out of time. Oh, here. sorry, man. Um, <laughs> so we were like, you were like Mason Dixon, and then you were with this other band for a little while, and then Wade Hayes and Brian White, stuff like that. And then yeah. all of a sudden you get the call for Toby Keith. Yep. And now, now I want to talk about Toby Keith a little bit too because we've known him forever. You know, when I was in Canyon, he we opened up for back. us as Easy Money, uh, Toby Keith and Easy Money, and then he got his deal. We didn't have so y- you trade all the time. You know, oh like, sure, you're high on the high on the horse one day, and then somebody else is the next day, and you're down. That's we right. did that with Little Texas too. Little Texas was opening for us, and they come out to Cowboys and see us play in Canyon and go, "You guys are awesome." And they were just these long-haired biker kid looking you know they were just yeah. like these these cool long-haired kids that would come out and see us play and then all of a sudden they get a record deal and they're having all these hits and stuff and canyon is no more lone star is just starting out so we're kind of under them and, and you yeah. just never know who you know is going to be above you or opening up for you or whatever so um well, i've known toby keith forever and you know you guys and then that and then to see you with toby keith again was cool you've been since the early 2000s right? yeah since uh i they called me the, the very end of 2000 like uh, I got on the bus for two weeks and just did sound checks with them. There was not going to be any stopping for rehearsal or anything like that. Yeah. And uh, you had uh, to study it up. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So their drummer was was leaving to go be part of uh, Ricochet and yeah. part of the deal, part of the record deal. You yeah, know, I got gotcha. And so uh, it was all cool. Everybody was, and I knew him, and we all knew Keith for so long. Yeah, right. right? And so uh, uh, they would do their sound check and get ready, and then the poor band who's ready to go you know eat or whatever now they got to play songs with me and uh 
I couldn't change the mix or anything. Well, Barney Castro was yeah, the, right. the guy out there then. So, yeah, we shared. Terry. He was with you guys for a yeah. long time, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember he gave us really good advice because there was a day when in Lone Star, when we first started, we were still on wedges, you know, like, you know, monitors, like yeah. actual speakers. And then we decided to go full in-ear monitors. You remember those days? Yeah. It, oh, yeah. it was kind of a new, was a big transition. new technology then. And he gave me the best advice, Barney. He's passed away. He, yep. We've lost him. He was our sound man with Canyon for years and our production guy. And then he moved on, had his own company for a while, and then ended up with Toby's. Yeah. And he told us when we started with ear monitors, he said, here's a little bit of advice. Make sure the person who's running the ear monitors really knows what they're doing. Oh, man. Because you don't want something to kind of like go off in your ear really loud. You could lose your hearing. Oh, I mean, man. if something is loud enough in those in-ear monitors, which are very powerful, yeah. not just like little earbuds. I mean, these no. were like ear monitors. You know, they're like professional $1,000 Oh, yeah. I think they were about $1,000. Um, oh, man. The the transition days. And, and you know, at first they tried, the people who knew what they were doing put gates or uh, limiters or something yeah. in the way. And then that wasn't an exact science. You right. know what I mean? Guys wanted it loud and the limiter would hit when they didn't mean to. And You're always waving down trying to get the monitor guy. Uh, yeah, like yeah, yeah. You had, <laughs> unfortunately, you got more tied to the monitor board than less for a while there until yeah. everybody figured it out. Right? We had a joke about monitor engineers that has to do with a toilet. <laughs> What's the difference between a monitor engineer and a toilet? They only have to deal with one a hole at a time. <laughs> that's the that's you the go. joke. That's right. Because you know you're on six everywhere people or more laughing. on stage that are trying to wave you. Down. I need this up, this down. Know that, and you learn sign language, kind of oh, like kick sure drum, uh, guitar. You know me. I need more of me in there. Yeah, <laughs> man. It's yeah the thankless uh, job. I would say monitor engineer. Well, and to to a little thing to what you just said about how everybody has known each other. That whole bunch. And, and back in those days, I think a lot of people know, it, the circuit was so healthy, right? We, it yeah, was a great right. place to I – I ended up ever getting picked up by Mason Dixon by being in another bar band in Oklahoma that we opened for them. And their drummer was fixing to go back to college to get his dental degree or whatever. Wow. He, he, he loved drumming. He was great. But he was just like, man, I don't see yeah. – this isn't going to pay off like, like that. And they literally – I've gotten three different big gigs before where they just came and said, man, you were in the opener, right? What do you think? And the Mason Dixon thing was on a Saturday. We opened for them, yeah. and they said, "We're coming back through here this coming Thursday. Have your stuff at this truck stop." Wow! Literally, you know. Wow, and so then great. you go, and they're based out of Palestine, uh, Lake Palestine, Tyler, yeah. Texas, if I'm saying it correctly. And uh, then I'm. It was like seven hours from where I lived, you know. So, but luckily they worked all the time. So I drove yeah. down once, and then like two months later, I figured out how to get home. Yeah. And I learned a lot. And then that band, you go, what you just said to be pertinent, we all knew each other. If if you guys were playing and we were off, we were driving. If it was within an hour and a half, two hours, and we didn't have anywhere to be the next morning, we were coming to see y'all. Wow. And yeah. if if Toby's band, if Easy Money was playing, we went there. And if Toby's, after you knew each other, mm-hmm. and their guys were always to see us. Yeah. And back then in the bars, they didn't care man some of them did maybe but like like borrowed money you couldn't do any sitting in there yeah, or, right. or uh, nowhere but texas yeah. but the other places toby would be like come sit up McAfee, yeah. get up right, here yeah. and 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 trace atkins was oh yeah yeah in those man, days uh, would play, uh, you know by bayou what was yeah, his bayou. band was it yeah yeah yeah, yeah and that man. drummer the drummer with bayou he was this cajun guy 
and he taught me i'll never forget it how to do a side stick how to do how to do a really loud because he was playing and every time he went to the side stick it sounded like he was hitting a wood block it was loud and it was had tone and it was perfect and i had to go up there on stage and this was at borrowed money oh yeah i had to go up on stage and not borrowed sorry not borrowed money a rodeo exchange gotcha. down in fort worth yeah um i went up on stage and i just between songs or whatever and i said i introduced myself hey i'm in canyon and blah 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 and uh and i said dude i gotta know your secret how you do that side stick like that because it sounds so good he goes oh man i show you i show you i show you <laughs> so he showed me how he takes the stick and finds a sweet spot in the side of the snare about maybe an inch and a half from the rim mm-hmm. in and he I don't know if he marked it or what, or he had a little worn spot, but you got to find the sweet spot, and then you drop it, and you let go of it, and but you hold it with your oh. your hand. You're sort of holding it down, so the whole drum can so ring, whole sort of vibrate. Yeah. You're not you know, helping instead mute of choking it. it off, you let it fall, you know, and man, ever since then, I, mean, I think I've still got a callus right here, because <laughs> every time... I hit that side stick. I'm doing what he said. You know, yeah. you don't have to flip the stick around or anything like that. You just yeah. hit that thing. And man, sound man love that because they they can. I'm a hard snare player, so mm-hmm. when you hit the snare hard, and then you come down and you hit the side stick soft, they're gonna sort of lose it. You know, they right. have to either turn the fader up or they're gonna have to just not hear it as well. So if you can make that side stick almost as loud as the snare when oh, you hit yeah, it, yeah, gotcha. They don't have to do anything. You're doing their job, making their job through. easier. Let's yes. say right. And, it cuts uh, through really good. Yeah, and. So yeah, by uh, by you and uh, Tracy oh, Atkins gosh, and all those man. guys. I remember well, and he was Tracy Atkins back there. Tracy, if yeah. we're allowed uh-huh. to say that, right? Yeah. That, Can we say that? We, Sorry, run in, we know him now. We run into yeah. him, and and uh, but but here's the thing. And I know networking is a different thing now. You get on social media, and everybody's friends, and you you have likes and friends and all that. And those words sound good, yeah. but it's very. I don't know if competitive is the right word, right? Yeah, You're right. always comparing. It's psycho- psychological. You're comparing yourself when you get on there. Sure. And when we had that whole thing, and it, it was a large number of people, because it would take, a, we wouldn't have time on this podcast to name everybody that yeah. we knew from that. Sure, thing. yeah. It wasn't just one big friend group. It was like a, a musical graduating class. And I learned to do that from the guys before that yeah. we went and saw people. We went out and we went and saw the people that were doing it. Yeah. And then they met us. And then, you know, there was two different times I could have joined Toby's band in the yeah. early days. And what I had going on was either do I thought it was doing better or mm-hmm. I don't know if that sounds arrogant. But, you know, at the time you have to make these decisions like, yeah, man, I'm making course. this right now. I would I would make that because they were. And then when they hit the stratosphere, you're like, oh, I'm the <laughs> biggest dope ever. And <laughs> and then I was like, that's a job that will never that will never open up that I didn't have the vision. I didn't see that happening mm-hmm. there. And yeah. even though they were always the ones that got to do more originals. Right. Yeah, and right. then duh, there it was, that was the yeah. writing on the wall. And so when he did offer me the gig, he was like, <laughs> you, you know, I ain't going to ask you again. Yeah, right. yeah, <laughs> and, you, and you go, yeah, I bet yeah, not. So, yeah. but, but we all knew each other and, and something you said a while ago, when you, when you'd go out and you see all this stuff and then one guy's one minute, they're the, the big dogs, right? Yeah. And then we're all opening for everybody. The next minute, the guys that were opening are the big dogs. Yeah. And and aren't you glad that we were just friends? Yeah. Anyway, you know what I mean? Because you can you can act like a big dog when you're doing that, and you yeah. cannot be nice to people or not be gracious. Mm-hmm. And then, boy, it seems like seven minutes later, uh oh. Yeah. And wish and, I would have been nicer to him. Right. Yeah. And it, gotta it's, be a good it's, hang. It's a wonderful way to get. If you're going to string yeah. a lot of years together in this industry, that's a great – because, yeah. man, you can't count all the 
the great stories. And then when, mm-hmm. when things graduate by many, many years now, right? Now we're, we're, we're hanging, we're off obviously with yeah. Toby being sick and people are calling and, Hey man, can you come sub this or can you mm-hmm. come do that? You've been subbing for Lee Greenwood, right? I just did. Yeah. I yeah. just got back in town from that. That's awesome. And, uh, awesome, freaking awesome band, freaking yeah. amazing singer at, Good showman. And oh everything. my gosh, man! Yeah, that's that is first so class. So let me ask way. you, how's Toby doing? Is it okay to ask you that? Sure, it is, man. I mean, it, it would be odd if you didn't, right? Yeah, right. No, man. We he's, all love Toby. Uh, yeah, yeah, and he's he's doing good. That's a terrible diagnosis, as everybody knows. You don't have to put that yeah. into words. Stomach cancer. Yeah, it's a bad thing. Yeah, man, and and uh, but he's he, moved, he's coming around, right? He I mean, is, he's, man. He's fighting, and I think. Uh, <laughs> I've said this a couple of times. I wish I had honed it a little bit more, but you know, you look at certain guys like that, like Toby Keith or any pick anybody that's mm-hmm. just been through the ringer in their career and came out on sure. top. Um, and and I was with him a lot of the years where you know he he took off and then it kind of wasn't and then it, there was sort of a gap. And what I know about that guy is uh, if tell him tell him he can't do something yeah. or uh, <laughs> or tell him it's going to be really really hard and then just sit back and watch because. Yeah. Well, he was a football player, so I think he has that mentality in the music business. When football you say that, player, sort of like, no, don't tell me I can't do it. Oil do rig it. guy. And, you know, some yeah. people you tell them they can't do it, they kind of take you at your word. And because yeah. it, it makes sense, you know, it's really hard and I'll go do something that I can't do. Yeah. That I'll tell you a funny Toby story. Any, man. Uh, back in the day, right, when he first got his record deal, right? I mean, mm-hmm. literally the week he got his record deal, I was helping a guy in after Canyon, I was helping a guy manage a club up in uh, Denton. And uh, Toby Keith would come by on. He would bet on Monday Night Football, like he would oh, yes. with Rick Wilson, the, the the owner there at the club. And then I was just having a conversation with Toby, and Toby said, "He goes, man, I I, I watched the club owner come out and hand him a big wad of bills from a bet of you know football yeah. bet or whatever." And uh, and Toby said, "Oh yeah, man." He goes, "I own Monday nights." And he said that. He yeah. goes, I own Monday nights. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he goes, well, he goes, you got to know. This, this is my bad Toby Keith imper- impre- impression. You got to know what you're doing. You got to know how to bet. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, he goes, figure out like what uh, on Monday night football, figure out the team that everybody thinks is going to win, right? That mm-hmm. they just, oh, they're totally going to win. Bet the opposite is what he said. <laughs> bet the other way. He goes, I clean up every Monday night. I can't go wrong because he bets the opposite is what he told me. That's, that was his advice. Because I, I don't you, bet and I don't bet on no, football. No. But if I ever and did, I would take his advice. He, I've, I've seen him play. You know, sometimes if you're in Vegas or whatever, the guy's very astute and he's yeah. very aware of. And you know what? You, what he does, he does with conviction. I'll say sure. that. I yeah, mean, that's right. an easy. That's an odd. That's an easy one to say, right? But I've seen him. If he's winning or it seems like it feels right, he's he will. He'll just sit yeah. there and win. When it doesn't, he won't. You know, he's yeah. not that guy that's going to yeah. go in there and beat the hammer against he's the wall until it changes. No, no, he's yeah. just very he's, aware yeah. of what's going on. And yeah. if the and then ever since uh, 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 fantasy football and everything came yeah. on, man, they, oh, yeah. they they have a. I'm sure you guys do too. Just a big league. Yeah. And and it's just such a good brotherhood and such a great hang. Is he still into football as uh, as much as he was? Oh, I guess you know, that doesn't leave you really. I no, mean, no, that's not it. leaving that guy. And, and he used to play football for. Uh, he used to play it was the college semi, football, right? Yeah. Well, I don't know that he played. I'm not positive of of the lineage of that. Uh, uh, I know that when when I knew that he was playing. He was with the semi-pro team, the Oklahoma City Drillers, mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, oh my lord, that was like uh, uh, 
I mean, it was hard. Hard. Yeah. He, he, He's he, a badass. Yeah, he gave as good <laughs> as he got. I know he. I know he tore up a leg really good. Yeah. Doing that, but nah, he still might as well be a singer. I know. I know, man. And and he uh, he would have gone back to the oil fields too. You yeah, know. I mean, right. it's not like he didn't know how to how to work and how yeah. to make money and how to be smart. But uh, it's the no quit. Yeah. In those guys. Right. You yeah. know, you, sure. and, and I mean, there's what wall are you going to put in front of them? They'll go over it. They'll go around mm-hmm. it. And if they can't do that, they'll go they'll through, go through it. it. Yeah. Right. Right. And that's what Toby's doing now with his. Uh, that's how I like to think about it. I, I don't feel like putting any more negative energy into the environments ever going to yeah. help me or anybody. But yeah. but and, and you know what? It's one of the things I try to tell my family. We're 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 very spiritual. And I feel like uh, uh, there's no such thing as a little faith. Yeah. Right. right? Of course. We, and so. If I'm in, I'm all the way in. Yeah. He's going to be fine. We're doing this again. Uh, yeah. It has taught us because we had just finished production rehearsals. We fired up a little over a year ago in, yeah. in June. We did that Heroes thing right. down in yeah, Daytona. That's right. And that's when that's when we knew. Something I mean, COVID was. just no more than comes up and this happens, you know. Well, yeah, so. yeah. We had we had gotten one like forty day summer in after yeah. COVID went away, and you think you're, hey, yeah. we're back to taking it for granted, know, right? right? And well, Toby, if you're listening, we love you, man, and we're praying for you, and Absolutely. you got this, man. Yeah, man. We'll see yeah. you out there playing again. Soon. Oh, he will. He he will, man. He's he's gonna call and say we're getting the band back together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's it's going to be raring to go when he does too. Oh man, it's, yeah, because uh, because you know you miss it, uh, and then you hop on. Uh, I, I do dates with Wade Hayes, you know, because yeah. I, I played with Wade right before Toby, and and I know I know Wade's show. I know any time that I can go do with him, he's just such a great player and great yeah. singer. And so if if he calls and I can, I just. Yeah. Then we just do Wait, it. Hey, yeah. and, is he still and, too young to care? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> man, he is. He is. There's no caring. There's no caring in country music. But uh, but no, the the Greenwood thing, man. I, I did that once in a in a pinch. I don't remember why, but it was like eight years ago. Yeah. And they're just very well organized. The material is exactly. It's it's you. I wouldn't. You couldn't jam that. You yeah, know what I right. mean? It's, yeah, sure. And you, and you you put your homework in, and you go out, and you you integrate, and you realize that it's it's not your gig. It's it's yeah. somebody else's gig. You're you're subbing, and they've been gracious enough to trust you with it. Yeah. And then you know Lee gets out there, and I don't care if I'm 60 years old. He's a legend, man. So yeah. the first time he starts talking to you, whether it's on the bus or on the on the stage, you know, it takes a second to yeah. go. Gotcha. Uh, and he has very, very clear. He's a badass musician. You know, yeah. you, you play sax. He's he can orchestrate. He, right. Uh, he's been in the business forever. And and it's, so if he wants, he has some musical things to say. He's very articulate. It's not like he goes, "Hey man, can you put the little the oomph over here?" Yeah. He's speaking to you musically. He speaks the language, the music very well. Oh man, yeah. like yeah. So so then when when you, conversely when it goes well, it's just. It's just easy. They do not find ways to make it difficult wow. for the sake of it. It's like, hey, this is good. That was a good show. We entertain those people. Yeah. Next. So know? what's the best advice you could give to some of our young comrades who are coming up in the business and they're trying to make it and they're trying to be a professional, let's say, drummer, well, any musician, but especially for drummers, you know, um, what was something maybe you learned along the way or that you, that you could give some good advice for our young? Well, uh, as far as the 
the young thing, it was back then it was like the old country guys would all tell all of the young men. It was, you know, keep your ears open and your mouth shut at first. Right. Yeah. And, and nowadays it's such a visual medium, you know, so keep your eyes open. Uh, and, and I see, I don't see anything wrong man. things evolve. Right. Yeah. I just see that people are, a, it's a different social dynamic now when people, cause the, the circuit and the clubs and you just mm-hmm. can't meet you can do the Broadway thing, but that's not what I mean. You're not really going to meet most of those Broadway guys that are rocking. It's all about Broadway and down Broadway in, Street in, 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 in Nashville. Yeah, in Nashville. If, that's like another uh, whole on Broadway. Thing yeah, that's here. a whole other dynamic. And you got to be really good. And you got to know a thousand songs, mm-hmm. and you got to have your eyes open, your ears open. And yeah. but as far as like hoping to go down there and meet a bunch of them, yeah, yeah, you can do it, but you got to be. It's tough because most of them, the ones that are that you want to learn anything from, the minute they're done with that one shit, they're wrapping up. They got somewhere to be. Yeah. So right. you don't want to be in their way. Yeah. You do want to meet them, and if you do get the chance to sit in somewhere, you want to be able. Like, here's your second. Yeah. Don't get up there and go. Well, I don't know very many songs. Right. So your advice would be <laughs> study advice, up and listen. Yeah, listen and to what's out there. If you want to play country music, you should be listening to it. Mm-hmm. And I I can tell you a lot of people I know that that maybe they don't like what's on the radio right now well find something you know like there's an 80s and 90s resurgence going on now if you don't know a lot of that stuff nowadays with you can find all of it right yeah what is it you know 12 dollars a month for apple music or something you can listen until you fall off your seat yeah and and you know if it's if it's i don't know i don't know i'm saying what everybody says it's right but you can't stop if you want to do yeah. what those guys are doing, you got to study from the stuff. Yeah, it's, yeah, there's not an easy in, and yeah. that's what social media sometimes makes it look like. Yeah. You can obviously go look up anybody that's great and almost hurt your own feelings at any yeah. time of any day, right? And you can find somebody that makes you go, "I should work at a truck stop." So what I yeah. should do, but you also can find people there there's so much there to to realize you can shed you can work on your chops but there's never going to be a substitute for your keeping your shoulders out of your ears as they used to say sit up be affable pay attention Mm -hmm. suck it in like a sponge and i would say be available too. be available like if someone calls you and you're not available then you just kind of lost a little notch off your well especially if like you're there and you show up and you do the thing then you're yeah your question is how do you get in if you're not in Mm -hmm. yeah when did you ever first think it was okay to say no to anything how long did it take you oh my gosh or Um, do you (laughs) yeah um, because you do have to learn eventually that you can't do everything you got to you know we had a manager um gary borman was our manager at one time he used to manage like faith hill and james taylor and keith urban and all that he was our manager for a couple of years and he taught us this one thing and i kind of knew already but the way he said it was you have to learn how to say no you don't have to say yes to everything you have to learn learn how to say no right and have a reason why you don't want to do it you know like instead of just saying no uh just because you think you should say no there should be an educated reason why is something's not the right fit or yeah you just don't have to say yes to everything well and sometimes people and it's 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 important in my opinion i totally agree you you have to answer the question they're asking you mm-hmm. some people go are you available on the 23rd and if if they're just asking you that that's literally what they want to know yeah. it, they may not even be to the position of of offering anything yet but yeah. if they say are you available you look and you go look that's the day my daughter's doing this or that i'm not going to be back from this yet yeah. and you say no man thanks thanks for thinking of me 
and you know it's all text now yeah, right, uh, yeah. maybe some of the some of your buddies sure, will yeah. call you but but the things about hey man and especially the last minutes when you're young and you're getting into this mm -hmm. in my humble experience or opinion that's how i snuck in was i was very fortunate i i told you how i how one gig led to another yeah, led right. to another uh -huh. but without knowing all of those people Mm -hmm. It kind of puts you, if you're decent at all, you know somebody in almost every camp. And yeah. it's not that you're just going, hey, man, call me. You're yeah. ju you just know them, and they know how you play-ish. Yeah. They know what kind of a person you are, what reputation you have or don't. Yeah. And so if there is a need for a sub or an emergency, they you're yeah. at least in their hat. Yeah. And then they call and go, can you, man, can you, can you leave tomorrow afternoon to do this? Well, if you're young and, and the true answer to that is, yeah, I could throw my stuff in a bag and do this, yeah. do it. You know, what's the worst that can happen? You're working now. You weren't. Yeah. But when you get older, what, as a lot of us have learned, you know, if you have a family and you have commitments that are real and valid you, and, and you can pay your house payment, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, you don't just you don't just say no because you don't feel like yeah. getting off the couch but you have to learn priorities later sure, which yeah. i can honestly tell you i, ne I didn't say no for yeah for years because i didn't think you were allowed right. I, I don't know if I, I had a yeah. i don't know if i didn't believe in myself or if i had an inflated self-importance i just thought man the first time i say no to something the phone's never gonna ring again right. and i don't know where that came from i yeah. i I just how to go get her attitude. You know, yeah, one man. thing that I always did um, that helped me along was I always made friends with bass players. Oh boy, you know? yeah. And we would either jam, or I would go sit in, or or I would just talk to them during their breaks if I, I was going out to see a band or something. I would always kind of befriend the bass player for some reason. Well, isn't and so that, right? that always served me well because later, when the drummer would leave for that band, they would say, "Hey, what about?" that guy Keach he's yeah man yeah. and and how that I'm sure that worked wonders because the main guy obviously the artist or whoever's gonna mm -hmm. care but they're all gonna ask the bass player yeah aren't they has he got a good groove yeah you know, man because a, a bass player and drummer combo as a rhythm section yes uh, as the as just the backbone of the thing and that's a great positive thing to have you know yeah. and I think all singers and bands want that you know? well yeah and and especially in this genre of music it, it has there's certain patterns that you got to be aware of some gigs are pattern gigs some aren't right you yeah. figure that out in the first 10 seconds yeah and if it is a pattern gig and you know how to do that and the other guy doesn't if if you're affable or friendly yeah. he'll know to follow you yeah right but if it's two guys that are like nah and you 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 haven't even met three days yeah, right. in yeah. you know figuratively speaking yeah. you're you're so right man uh meet because it, it's not going to be the drummer that calls you unless yeah, right. he unless he needs you to sub right yeah if you if you're looking for a gig gig yeah, it's you know there there's an empty chair there. Yeah, and uh, you're right. You're totally right. I came up just just a, a few days ago. I came up with this analogy of uh, of um, this. I love analogies. Everybody know, call, this, teases this, this, me about that. You're gonna love this. You're gonna love this. The, the analogy of what it feels like to be a drummer in a band and have a good rhythm section and all that. So, imagine you're on skis. And the, and the guitar player, singer, whatever keyboard starts out, and the rhythm hasn't come in, you're on skis, and you're just sliding around, and you're on the ski slope, and all of a sudden, now all of a sudden, the drums come in, and you start this intro, then all of a sudden, the snow goes away, you're on tires with an engine, and now you're going, doo, 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 and you're just chugging along, and there's kind of a mechanical feel to it, right? Yeah. And then, it goes further, and then it gets deeper, and now a groove is established when the bass comes in, and the guitar, and you all fall into that little groove, now you're on railroad tracks with an engine, 
with those wheels fitting in that groove and moving forward, right? Is that yeah, what man. it feels like? I, you know what I like section? about it is how excited you were the whole time that you were explaining that. Yeah, right. That, if, if we can teach the young guys how to be – that fired up about an analogy of yeah, the groove, of right? how it I mean, feels to yeah, because fall into that because you're pocket. you're emoting it like a hundred percent, man, yeah. and and it's I'm excited. I'm like, yeah, that makes Isn't that perfect. a good analogy. It like is skis, road, and now railroad tracks. Yeah, and you're, you're, just you're, like, you're honing it in, yeah. and here we go, it's and now locking you know, it into and now try to knock of, this thing off yeah. the tracks. Right, it ain't happening, exactly. Right? Yeah. I, I heard it. this funny uh, story one time, and I said it was a uh, one of those things on the internet. There's like a meme or whatever. It's like a picture with a word with text on it. What's yeah. that called? I call them uh, memes, but memes. I'm old. Okay. I could be so. So off. it's a, it had, and it was a two part thing. It was one was a uh, it was a car sitting on the railroad tracks, just sitting there, and it said. The, in that picture, it said the singer starting out the song or something like that, singer with no rhythm yet. And then the very next picture was the train coming and just bashing into that car, and it says, now the drums, this is, uh, what was it like? Uh, I can't remember what it said, something like, uh, once the rhythm comes in, this is oh, what man. happens to the, it's like, it's like oh, this is the way the rhythm really needs to go. Yeah, man. Well, it's a... Uh... You know, you know, depending on uh, everything in music is depending on your situation. Right. Dot, dot, dot. But, yeah, there's times when, you, and, you you know, your singer, as much as we know, it, singers have drum jokes, drummers mm-hmm. have singer jokes. Yeah, right. but, but your singer, man, he's also out there on the point, and he's got a million things. If he's if he's doing his job, yeah. in my in my opinion, they got to interact. they yeah, got to sure. do all this stuff. You have to connect with the audience. Yeah, and, and, and so you know back there that if the song has already started, unless it's unless it's a track, yeah, right. he doesn't come in. <laughs> um, you know, but, you, but your job is to make him right. So even if that, that meme is hilarious, and I totally get it, but there's so many times where you just go, and there's there's been times where like uh, they got a lot of stuff on their mind, so you also yeah. are listening to what they're saying, right? When they're entering, yeah, right. mm-hmm. set list says this is what it is. We learned lean a long time ago. The set yeah. list is just a suggestion, but I can tell now. I've been with Toby so long that if he there's certain poses he might strike before a song because he's waiting for the light scene, and if he puts his foot up on the monitor and he got that guitar, yeah, I'm like. You know, he's communicating a, something to well, you. Yeah, right yeah. There's a, a "Made in America" and "American oh. Ride." Not every single of our songs yeah. has "America" in it, but a lot of them do. Right. And on the set list, one time he just got it. He either got it backwards or he meant to do that. But usually he'll either show, say something to me, give me mm-hmm. a sign. We have baseball signs, like you guys, yeah, right. I'm sure. And this time he didn't, and I didn't. He hadn't changed the order of those two in a really good while, so I came in with the other song. Uh-huh. And, man, he's all proud and, and posed up there, and I come in with, the uh, wrong, the dip, with American the Ride, and he be. goes, <laughs> you know, he just drops the guitar down and goes down. back Whoops. over to, to do the other one. And even though later he told me that was his faux pas, but I should have known, you yeah. know, and, 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 was, he, yeah. I, and I'm like, yeah, I but then again, you have to communicate. What's the proper? What's the rule here? Do we follow what's on the list, or do we follow what Toby just did? Is he? Yeah, just and you know what, us, man? Uh, I, what I shorthand? love. What I love about there is, for one, then there's not going to be some stupid crazy. He's not going to berate me at the end of that day. Yeah, right. We we've just done it together too long. Sure. But yeah. sitting here now, telling this story on a podcast, mm-hmm. if I had if I had could write that again, yeah. What I wish is that I'd have my head up. 
and seen it and and nailed it. Yeah. Right. Even it doesn't matter if you say I'm right or he's right. He's right because yeah. he's the boss. Yeah. <laughs> but and the rest of the band would have heard you start that song. The yeah. One yeah. To be, and and, and of course in. we didn't change. We didn't yeah. stop that song and go to the other. That thing knows to. Yeah. All right. Hey, we dug in, guys. I already started mm-hmm. this one, and the whole band was with me because that's what. Yeah. And again, we. It, I'm not just saying. Hey, the set list said he hadn't changed those two really ever at that point Mm -hmm. and this day he just got one ahead of himself yeah but but i know i know enough to know that he doesn't even he doesn't even have guitar yeah on the other song and here he is if i had just looked up that one second which Mm -hmm. you know you know what i mean he's got the guitar in his hand something's different what's different and and from that day on but the younger me would have been like well that was his mistake man you know what I mean? So yeah. now I'm like, nah. I wish I'd have. I wish I'd have been the salty old pro and just went. Ah, I got. Yeah, I we've had him. ones before where someone, a singer or a dean or somebody, will start talking about a song and you know their spiel before the song and they're on the wrong oh song and you're like, well, they, you know, oh wait, am I? You know, and then we sort of correct. We sort of. Yeah, in our them. world, you listen to the spiel. Yeah. Or at least I do. I think most everybody does, and I have the talk. Yeah. And uh, by the spiel very intentionally is how we know what the next song is sure, and yeah. the guitar techs even have to do their job differently uh-huh. and the guitar players once you learn that he might go it's not he's not attempting to play stump the band because that doesn't yeah, right, make for a course. good show right but but yeah man you you know like if the, the crowd's going crazy the lights go down and then mm-hmm. it comes out of black and he's talking about something that is not Mm-hmm. And and you know he'll he's a good conversationalist he's a good showman yeah. he runs mm-hmm. a good show so sometimes if he's saying something I haven't heard him say before yeah it's like you know you're just like hang on guys <laughs> hang <laughs> yeah. on a minute something's I think about this, to change we're shifting and, gears and then you go back to all your years that you <laughs> yeah. that you know him and if he says hey this one time and then as soon as it's relevant right this, as mm-hmm. soon as you know what it is you're going you know it's old man it's old man guys it's yeah. old man. And, and then you see the text coming up and the electric guitars going away and the acoustics yeah. coming on and, and the lighting guys like trying to change out of, you mm-hmm. know, make sure that he didn't. That's a good tight you know? band. I mean, that's a good, you know, that's what you ultimately want is a band that, that can uh, think alike and they're all on the same page. It's like a football team. Yeah. You have a quarterback and you have everybody that's honed in on knows the plan. You know? Well, and one thing I can say for, for Toby Keith and his management scheme mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he's not a man of many words but one of the things i remember from a long time ago that makes way more sense now you know some acts have high turnover yeah and and i don't know if it's just because they're looking for that feeling they never they mm-hmm. never gelled or or it's just a management style sometimes to yeah. me like it's right. the day you don't fit in somebody else will yeah or the day that you lost your mind or you know yeah. you had a, <laughs> didn't, didn't get the food you wanted or, yeah. but he never has wanted turnover, and I know why now. Yeah, you you get up there with where the they're the the newest guy in the band's been there ten years. Yeah, he can go left, right, center, forward, backwards, mm-hmm. and it, nobody. There's yeah. no. There may be a lot of things out there on the stage. There's mm-hmm. not anxiety. Sure, and yeah. it's it's a what a dream, right? Yeah, and the way that a five piece or six piece or whatever band fits together after having played together for so long that, yeah. that rhythm and that pocket and that and field. that's a 10 piece it's really yeah you know yeah <laughs> you wow. know what i mean 10 it's, people locked in to the same it's like listening to the nashville symphony you know they're just <laughs> well, like there's on pros, a good day you know? uh, yeah exactly. <laughs> right 
Right. Well, man, thank you so much for coming. Oh, to thanks, see me. Keith. And it's I been... hope things with Toby pick back up soon, and we'll see you guys. Up yeah, man, I appreciate it. It's great to see you again. And yeah, absolutely. Great to, great to connect. We'll see you out on the road. Thank you for having me. Okay, see you guys.